The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thanks for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can always schedule an appointment online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, we are talking about sunlight. The importance of sunlight, health benefits of sunlight, and even interestingly enough, as I did more of a deep dive into research of sunlight and what it has to do with not only, uh, you know, vitamin D would obviously be one of them, but overall when you're looking at heart health, cancer, um, mood, (laughs) just so many things. And then two, kind of how we've come to fear the sun. The first thing that we do before we leave the doors is lather ourselves or our family members, our kids up with sunscreen. And there are a lot of negative health implications that come with sunscreens that the average person has not shared with you. And so today we're going to do a deep dive, what to look for and avoid in terms of sunscreen, but why we need to embrace and some of the health benefits of sunlight. But before we dive into that, I've got some news. Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Maybe Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar Protesters a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. For today's Health in the News... Scientists have unlocked the vitamin D potential of tomatoes, study says. Now, this, this is from CNN. Now, I have to, I have to put a little bit of, um, of a warning, of an asterisk on this. Because, um, you know, sometimes I agree with some of the health in the news and sometimes I don't. So when you listen to this, you're going to say, I read the title. Scientists have unlocked the vitamin D potential of tomatoes studies say. And I'm like, well, this is wonderful, right? Uh, And then as we dive down a little bit deeper, I was incredibly disappointed in what is actually happening through this. So here we go. So fish and dairy products are the best dietary source of vitamin D, right? So if you didn't know that, here's your thing. Fish and dairy products are the best sources of vitamin D from a food component which can make it a struggle for those on a plant-based diet to get enough of the essential micronutrient vitamin D. 
Vitamin D helps protect bones and keeps muscles and teeth healthy. Now, a team of researchers have come up with a potential new and vegan source of vitamin D. Tomatoes gene edited. <laughs> uh, using a specific technology to contain a precursor to vitamin D. <sighs> They're editing the genes of tomatoes for with a precursor to vitamin D. So if the process is adopted commercially by farmers and producers, these tomatoes could help address vitamin D insufficiencies, which the study said affects 1 billion people globally. This exciting discovery not only improves human health, but contributes to the environmental benefits associated with more of a plant-based diet. Um, <laughs> vitamin D supplements are widely available in many countries, but co-author Kathy Martin, a professor at uh, somewhere in Norwich, England, said that eating a tomato was, quote, so much better than taking a pill. <laughs> this professor thinks that Eating a gene-altered tomato is better than taking a capsule of actual vitamin D. Oh my gosh, this just blows my mind. She said, I think having a dietary source of vitamin D in the form of a plant also means that you can get added benefits from eating tomatoes. We don't eat enough fruits and vegetables anyways. A tomato is a good source of vitamin C as well, she said in a news briefing. So if you have not ever listened to me or haven't done your own deep dive into vitamin D, vitamin D um, is, so the main source of vitamin D for most people is dietary, which is unfortunate because it should be coming from the sun. But Arbata also, also makes the micronutrient when the skin is exposed to UVB light. That's why it's important and sometimes called the sunshine vitamin. Scientists harnessed a similar product in tomato plants. So the compound, which is uh, known as 7-DHC, which I'm sure has a very, very large name, um, is what they're trying to put in there. The researchers blocked a gene in tomato plant that normally converts pro-vitamin D3 into cholesterol, which enabled pro-vitamin D3 to accumulate in ripe tomato fruits. <laughs> They're like literally going in and altering the gene. To convert the pro-vitamin D3 into vitamin D that helps our bodies, the tomatoes were treated with UVB lights. Weird, right? They're literally like, hey, let's give these tomato plants sunshine. <sighs> Anyways, they talk about a trial in the, the United Kingdom is assessing whether growing the tomato plants outdoors where they would be exposed to natural light would automatically result in conversion of this 7-DHC to vitamin D3. Uh, the first fruits are expected to ripen by the end of June. Um, <laughs> you know, it just goes on to talk about like gene editing and you know, gene editing the tomato leaves. Um, this is one of the reasons why I'm doing this show, because someone's like, oh my gosh, you know how much this article talks about the benefit of vitamin D? You're like, where could I get vitamin D? And you're like, well, this one professor says, don't take vitamin D capsules because, you know, taking a pill isn't the greatest. You should eat this gene-edited tomato, which, by the way, they're editing genes of your food. This is GMO, genetic, genetically modified organism. Um, multiple states have tried to pass uh, laws that allow you, as the consumer of these foods, to know what food is gene edited. And they didn't get passed. The government said, hey, you know what? 
you don't actually deserve to know if the the genetic makeup of your food is changed, right? I, <laughs> I was watching a documentary once about GMOs, and it said GMOs doesn't necessarily stand for genetically modified organisms. It stands for God move over, <laughs> right? Like we as humans know better how to genetically make these foods. And then I think as a, a human or like, <laughs> you know, raising tiny humans, I'm like, what happens to my genes? Like what happens to my genetic makeup if I'm eating food that has been genetically modified? And the really disturbing thing to me personally with this is they say, hey, this team of researchers came up with this new potential uh, tomato gene editing using uh, CRS, CRISRP-CAS9 technology. And this technology, you're like, hey, can we like as consumers do research? Can we get this our company, like an outside company that can do research on what happens long term or short short term to your cellular makeup in your genes when you take this? And they're like, well, no, 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 no. It's it's patented technology. So um, no, but we'll do it. We'll do the research and we'll, we can just tell you what it says. And you're like, well, that sounds totally unbiased, right? <laughs> like, no, no, thank you. I just think it's wild that you're like, here is this phenomenal vitamin that you can get from the sun. But by the way, fear the sun, it causes cancer. And you're like, all of this other research actually says differently, even when it comes to cancer, which I thought was, again, very interesting. But coming back down to where we say, we will tell you that eating a food that has been genetically changed, genetically modified, and then given UVB light, which is what UVB turns cholesterol into vitamin D in the human body. And we say, absolutely not. We absolutely cannot expose humans to UVB light, but tomatoes so that it can produce vitamin D so then that we can eat this gene edited tomato that might have a conversion factor that's higher of vitamin D, but also don't take vitamin D capsules because, you know, capsules aren't the greatest right? So because eating a, a gene modified tomato is so much better than taking a pill. And we'll buy into that as a society. <laughs> and they'll pay more for it too, as opposed to like actually paying to just take a vitamin D supplement or get outside or hey, like, gosh, I'm not going to pay more for organic, but I'll pay more for this gene edited tomato. It's just an aspect where I was really hopeful when I read the title, Scientists has Unlocked the Vitamin D Potential of Tomatoes. And I'm like, how misleading. <laughs> how very misleading. And then I read the entirety of the article and think, how did we get here as a society? Is that this is what we will pay more or buy into as opposed to like the natural ability of our body to create vitamin D? Why do we take that away? And so my thought process is maybe because you don't know. And so that's what today is about is how do we dive down deeper into vitamin D, the health benefits of sunshine and sunlight and what creates vitamin D. And when we do things to avoid it, like sunscreens, did you know that there's immense danger in terms of hormone disruption, chemical toxicity that you might not be advised about? So we'll touch base on all of those next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com.
You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. I got a bucket, got a bucket full of sunshine. I got a love and I know that it's all mine. Oh, oh, oh. Do what you want, but you're never going to break me. Sticks and stones are never going to shake me. Embracing sunshine. That's what we're talking about today. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or you can always reach out. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com, which is also where you can schedule your initial exam and consultation. The really great thing about what we do in our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic is that we are knowledgeable, and that is in regards of sunlight, that is in regards of health and wellness. Um, one of my <laughs> one of my favorite things is when people are like, oh man, don't see a chiropractor once. If you see a chiropractor once, you'll probably have to go for the rest of your life. And I'm like, that's like saying don't don't eat a salad. You might get a lot of energy and feel really good and digest well. And then you might want to eat salads for the rest of your life. Or like don't exercise. You might get a big boost of endorphins and feel really good and happy. And then you might want to work out for the rest of your life. And you know, when you look at it like that, you're like, hmm. I mean, our goal at Greenwood Family Chiropractic is to be a team alongside of you to help you get well and stay well for the rest of your life. <laughs> but the great thing about being an adult is it's your health. So it's your choice. Reminder, it's probably one of the most unpopular things I talk about is your health is your choice. What you put on your body is your choice. What you put in your body is your choice. What you do with your body is your choice. The outcome of those choices is oftentimes what your health looks like. And so there has to be a point in life where you say, you know what, it is my health, it is my choice, and I'm going to choose to take care of it. Now let's talk about sunlight. There are very, very large health benefits of sunlight. And we'll kind of talk, obviously, the concern is, is why people are so concerned about the sunshine is that they're like, well, I don't want to get skin cancer. Well, listen, I don't want you to get skin cancer either. But there's actually been a lot of research about what causes skin cancer from the sun and um, the toxic chemicals and vitamin D. So it'll all kind of come into play. But I really do want to talk about why sunlight is actually good for you. Because we've been hiding from the sun for so long. Here is one of the things I think that is so interesting about sunlight. Um, sunlight and serotonin. So sunlight and darkness triggers the release of hormones in your brain. Exposure to sunlight is thought to increase the brain's release of hormones called serotonin. Serotonin is associated with boosting mood and helping people feel calm and focused. At night, darker light triggers the brain to make something called melatonin. 
this hormone is responsible for helping you sleep. Which is funny because one of the reasons why we talk about staying off of screens in the evening time is because if your body sees that consistent light going into its eyes, it doesn't trigger your body to create melatonin the way that it's supposed to. Some people are like, I can't fall asleep, but you know, I watch TV, was on my computer, my iPad, or my iPhone, or whatever your phone for the last 90 minutes. Your body's like, oh, this is this is morning time, right? Like I'm supposed to not I'm not gonna stimulate melatonin. Though without enough sun exposure, your serotonin levels can dip. Low serotonin levels are associated with a higher risk of major depression with a seasonal pattern, right? That's what we call a seasonal effect disorder. It's sad. Um, and it's change. It's uh, it's a form of depression triggered by changing of the, the seasons. So that's kind of where you feel like um, in the winter months, you might be a little bit more sad. And part of that is because you'll see a decrease in sun exposure, and that decreased sun exposure has been associated with a drop in your serotonin levels, right? So um, when you're talking about getting out, (laughs) what's crazy is we're like, get outside, get outside. I love the sunshine. What is interesting about this, though, is that the way that a lot of these, the light, the sunlight is absorbed into the body is actually through your retinas. Like you need retinal exposure to sunlight. But here's what's really interesting about that, too, is that we're like, hey, those eyeballs of yours need sunlight. But then what, what do we do? Put on some sun, some uh, sun blockers sunglasses, right? We need to shade our eyes. There's UVB protection, UVA protection, UVR, which is UV ray protection. There's UV protection, right? You see those on your sunglasses and you're like, oh, remember all that really good healthy sunlight? Your body is literally now not able to absorb that. So when they talk about elevation of mood, the sun works through a number of receptors in the brain to affect our mental status and alertness. So moderate sun exposure helps improve your mood and focus by boosting your serotonin in your body. Um, so what what do you say when you're like, but it hurts my eyes, right? Because I'm kind of there. I wear contacts. And sometimes, you know, certain times of day or the reflection from the pool will often make it so that I it really does hurt my eyes or I have to squint enough or then it gives me like an unfortunate headache. So one of the things that I will say on that is what I do is I try to do cycles. So I'll do 20 minutes with it off and I'll let my eyes rest for like five minutes with it on. Some rest and then on. So I'll try to cycle on and off so that my eyes can actually get that exposure. And that's one of the reasons too, not only mood, but then sleep. It helps improve sleep. So the brighter your daylight exposure, the more melatonin your body produces at night. Right? So you're like, I can't sleep. Get out in the sun during the day. So hi, uh, but I work at an office job. Well, you know what? Go eat your lunch outside. Go for a walk. These are the aspects when you're like, I don't know what to do. I work from home and I never leave the house. Go get out. We are meant to be outside. We're not meant to sit in these boxes with no sunlight. And you're like, but there's a window in my office. And you're like, it's not the same. It is not the same because you're not going to absorb those UV lights through just like you're not going to get a 
suntan through the window of your car. Same thing. So melatonin is a type of hormone that's produced by the pineal gland in the brain during darkness at night. Also, melatonin has a range of effects on the brain from improving sleep to synchronizing your biological clocks to lowering stress reactivity. So the amount of daylight exposure you get is crucial in maintaining a normal circadian rhythm. So distorted circadian rhythms can induce symptoms of both depression and bipolar disorder depending on the pattern of disruption. Oh, vitamin D and bone growth. Let's talk about this. This is a very, very large aspect when we talk about vitamin D and bone growth. So many times, right? Like I have small kids ranging from five to one at this point. And when you talk about strong bones, we have been so brainwashed when we talk about how you make strong bones. And I am a child of the 80s and 90s where anywhere, and I'm from the Chicagoland area, so I'm not sure if we're talking about like the Indianapolis area, how prevalent it was here. But anytime I got on a highway or saw a commercial, I would see strong bones drink milk, strong bones drink milk, right? And so now it's like, I... So how do you have strong bones if you're not drinking milk? And you're like, interestingly enough, it was paid for by the, the you know, dairy association that got the Got Milk campaign. That's what it was, Got Milk. Um, that That's how you get strong bones. But it, as, as an entire world, as a country in the United States, we have the highest consumption of milk, of cow's milk. And we have the highest rate of osteoporosis of any other industrialized nation in the world. And so, but what's really interesting is vitamin D is a is actually a hormone that promotes calcium absorption is an essential for bone growth and formation, right? Vitamin D is needed for strong bones. So we're like, oh my gosh, you know what? You're postmenopausal and your DEXA scan, your T-scores are lowering. You need more calcium. When's the last time a doctor tested your vitamin D levels? right? Vitamin D comes from sunshine. Since sunshine is a primary source of vitamin D, that's why it's dubbed the sunshine vitamin. Our body, vitamin D, um, is needed to help absorb calcium. Let me say that again. Vitamin D is needed to absorb calcium. But then, you know, we have, again, we have our office jobs, we get outside, we're like, oh my gosh, it's really hot, it's really sunny, I don't want to burn, so what am I going to do? I don't want to burn, I don't want to get skin cancer. So we lather up with sunscreen before we even go outside. And then we can't figure out why we have such weak bones. You know, when you're looking at cow's milk, it's not a bioavailable source of calcium. So yet somehow... We're like, hey, <laughs> we don't, we're not going to talk about strong bones, especially in the pediatric population. Um, what you see is rickets, right? When we talk about rickets, rickets is a bone softening disease. Um, so when we're talking about it is very much, it's uh, rickets is more so in children where when you're looking at low levels of vitamin D have been linked to osteo- osteoporosis, osteopenia in adults. It's a huge role in bones. 
Uh, pediatric population, you'll often see uh, bowed legs in terms of like bone softening. <laughs> I just, and it, well, and it literally, literally blows my mind that then you're like, no, 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 don't. I can say candidly. So last summer, um, my youngest was, you know, only a couple months old. And so very precious, very tender skin. And so I would still let her out in the sun. You know, we do 15, 20 minutes, and then I would put her in the shade. We would do 15, 20 minutes. And then, and so even now with my kids, you know, we start, uh, if a summer begins, we'll go outside in the afternoon. And you're like, oh, it's four o'clock. It's still sunny. And you're like, well, it's mostly UVA rays. UVB rays come midday, that kind of 10 to 2 hour. I'm like, take your shirt off. Take your pants off. So my kids literally run around <laughs> um, in their underwear and their diaper for, you know, like before dinner. We're like 3.30 to 5 or 4 to 5.30, right? They would just run around in the morning. I'm like, hey, let's go outside for an hour before we have lunch. And I'm like, take, just get into your, you know, we'll either wear swimsuits or underwear or, you know, the littlest is still in diapers. So just those aspects of like, let your body have vitamin D. Yes, they even say with babies, right? Like breastfed babies, they say mom's milk is too deficient, right? So if you have a, an exclusively breastfed baby, your poor baby is vitamin D deficient. You have to supplement. Why? Because we know it builds strong bones. <laughs> and one, I, to tell you about that, you know, no, I don't think mom's milk is deficient in anything. But if mom is deficient in vitamin D, surely she's not going to have enough to supply for the infant. So Harvard actually did a research study that shows that if nursing moms are consuming 6,400, 6,400 IUs of vitamin D daily, there's no deficiency when it comes to babies who are exclusively breastfed in terms of milk. So you don't have to supplement. Why? Because you have enough, so you're giving your baby enough, right? That makes sense to me is that you can't supply an infant with something if you don't have enough of it yourself. So um, another benefit of sunlight. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. According to a study uh, conducted by the research at Edinburgh University, moderate exposure to the sun's UV rays can cause a significant drop in blood pressure levels. So lower blood pressures can obviously help cut with the risk of um, stroke. <laughs> Here's something that's very interesting. And I'll dive down a little bit um, deeper into <laughs> it may actually reduce your risk of melanoma. Say what? That is literally the opposite of what anyone has ever told you, right? The whole reason why we stay out of the sun and do sun safe things is because we don't want skin cancer, which makes sense. And we'll talk about more of the reduced risk of melanoma next. <laughs> You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. For more information and to schedule an appointment, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. summer wind came blowing in. From across the sea It lingered there To touch your hair And walk with me 
Embrace the sun, stop fearing it, and learn from education. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or hop online to schedule an appointment, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Now, when we talk about sun, I think the biggest concern that I hear from individuals is the reason why they fear the sun is because they don't want skin cancer, which again, (laughs) the last thing I would do as a practitioner who cares about your health would say, do this thing that's going to cause cancer. (laughs) um, Now, there's different types of skin cancer, right? Three main forms, melanoma, basal uh, cell carcinoma, and squamous cell carcinoma. These are largely attributed to excessive UV radiation exposure. More specifically, when they're looking at like consistently like or very excessive burns. Here is where, and so yes, the goal is, and what your big takeaway will also be from this is get in the sun, allow your body to absorb UV rays in your eyes and through your skin, Um, but be responsible about not uh, crisping like a piece of cheese on a hot griddle, right? Like, Like just can we all understand that like I'm not telling you to burn be responsible don't burn and when we talk I'm going to dive down too into some sunscreen because within the last several years they've done more research studies and follow-up studies that um, are published by FDA researchers about commonly used sunscreen ingredients that are absorbed into the body and the dangers that they have so let's talk before we go into that though Let's talk a little bit more about um, skin cancer. So whereas an excessive amount of sunlight is associated, um, can be associated with some skin cancers, other cancers could result from too little. So living at higher latitudes increases the risk of dying from Hodgkin's lymphoma, as well as breast, ovarian, colon, pancreatic, prostate, and other cancers as compared to living with lower latitudes. So they actually looked at a uh, clinical trial done by a medical professor at Crichton University. Uh, It was published in June of 2007 in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, and it confirmed that taking two to four times the daily dietary reference intake, right? So they say 400 IUs. So they're telling you 800 to 1600, and this is pretty mild if you ask me. uh, the daily recommended intake of 200 to 600, so 6 and 4 would be 2,400, and calcium resulted in a 50 to 77% reduction in expected incident rates of all cancers combined over a four-year period in postmenopausal women. 50 to 77% in, like uh, reduction in incident rates of all cancers combined. But like, what, what if you could just go outside? Like, what if you could just go outside and like put your body in the sun and you didn't have to take any, any pills? What if you didn't have to eat any genetically modified, unstudied, unresearched tomatoes? If you don't know what I'm referencing, listen back to the podcast. It was our health in the news. 
today. Right, what if you didn't have to what if you just go outside? What if you could decrease your risk of cancer by just going outside and letting your body absorb sunlight? Like how wild is it that God created the sun, God created our bodies, God created our ability to absorb vitamin B, UVB, and turn it cholesterol into vitamin D? Like how amazing is that? But we're like, oh no, put on some sunscreen. We definitely, we definitely don't want to get too much sun. <laughs> Here's what's interesting too. Moreover, it, uh, although excessive sun exposure is an established risk for cutaneous malignant melanoma, continued high sun exposure was linked with an increased survival rate <laughs> in patients with early stage melanoma. So if you're like, well, I've already had cancer, and you're like, I mean, the study that was published February 2005 by the Journal of National Cancer Institute, hmm, right? Like, this isn't like what I think. This is literally what we research backs, is that continued high sun exposure was linked with an increased survival rate in patients with early stage melanoma. Here's also, which kind of blows my mind, published uh, June of 2003, Journal of Investigative Dermatology, um, noted that most melanomas occur on the least sun-exposed area of the body. <laughs> and occupational exposures to sunlight actually reduced melanoma risk in that study. So they're like, yeah, if it's like way too much for way too long and you're way too crispy and you do it way too much, like it could probably cause skin cancer. But you know what doesn't? A normal amount. Because they said even continued high exposure. And I didn't dive down to see like what they named continued high exposure. When you're looking at getting out in the sun, there are massive health benefits. How about this? Various studies have linked low vitamin D levels, not only with other cancers, but what they're also finding is there's substantial evidence that high levels of vitamin D from diet or UV radiation exposure may decrease the risk of developing multiple sclerosis. What? <laughs> no one wants MS, I can tell you that. I've been around people who have it. It's an incredibly horrific demyelinating disease. Populations at higher latitudes have a higher incidence and prevalence of MS. Uh, December 2000 issue of toxicology. <laughs> So they said, still to be resolved, we're not sure if vitamin D levels are, um, the question is what levels of vitamin D are optimal for preventing the disease? So it's one where you're like, hi, we live, and the, the study was actually done at 37 degrees in terms of latitude. So basically I had to look up online where that, that is. More so than anything, it's like the entire state of Illinois, the entire state of Indiana, Half of Kentucky, right? If you split Kentucky in half uh, longitudinally, uh, the entire state of Colorado, half of California, most of the state of Nevada, um, those would all be north. Like we're all north of that 37 degrees. So in the times that we don't see the sun, I would recommend taking it. Um, so again, as with MS, there appears to be a latitudinal gradient for type 1 diabetes with a higher incidence of higher latitudes. <laughs> um, so again, they talk about research about um, type 1 diabetes. There's a connection with metabolic syndrome, a cluster of conditions that increases one's risk for type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease. Um, 
was associated with low levels of vitamin D. People who live at higher latitudes throughout the world are at a higher risk of hypertension, and patients with cardiovascular disease are often to be found deficient in vitamin D, according to a research by Harvard Medical uh, School professor um, who published his in 2008, an issue of circulation. <laughs> like, here's something that was really interesting, too, actually, I found in terms of immune system. We know this more so over the last several years with all the COVID-related. Vitamin D induces catholicidin, which is a polypeptide that effectively combats both bacterial and viral infections. So when you're talking about um, this mechanism explains the seasonality of such viral infections as influenza, bronchitis, gastroenteritis, bacterial infections such as tuberculosis. Um, and they even look at like uh, rheumatoid arthritis in terms of vitamin D. <laughs> oh, you know how you get vitamin D? Get into the sun. Here's something that's very interesting. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. There is an app that you can download on your phone. It is called D-Minder. So the letter D, M-I-N-D-E-R, D-Minder. And what it, it has you do initially is when you first get logged in, it'll ask like, where do you live? What's your, do you know what your current vitamin D levels are? It will, um, it will go through what, what your gender, what your weight, right? Because that is important, weight. If you have more adipose tissue, it's harder for you to absorb. But then your Fitzpatrick's skin type. So it breaks down um, individuals who have very dark skin, have a harder time absorbing vitamin D than individuals who have more fair skin. So it actually, you can turn it on in your phone and it'll allow you to say, if I'm outside for 45 minutes on my walk, it'll let you see how much vitamin D did I actually absorb. And it'll allow you to say like, are you fully clothed? Are you in t-shirt and jeans? Are you are you walking around like if you're a male without a top? If Are you in a swimsuit? So how what percentage of skin is actually exposed to help you know how much vitamin D is actually being absorbed? It's very interesting. D-minder, D-M-I-N-D-E-R. Now, what are some of the dangers of lathering up with sunscreen? Well, one, we said, hey, here are all the benefits of sunlight. When you talk about autoimmune, different types of cancer, uh, serotonin, happy, healthy mood regular, melatonin, sleeping, all of these things that happen when you absorb UV light. But we say, oh, gosh, I really think that we should put on some sunscreen. Though the problem is, is that there was research that was published, uh, published a couple years back in JAMA, Journal of American Medical Association. And here's what they found. The FDA shows that six commonly used chemicals in sunscreen, including avobenzone, avobenzone and oxybenzone, are absorbed in the bloodstream at levels that should trigger concern. So um, what the study found, the study research looked at the absorption of six different ingredients, three of actually which were tested the year prior. The three tested the year prior were avobenzone, octocrylene, and oxybenzone. And then the three other additional ones that they tested are homosalate, oxysalate, and actinoate. On the first day of the study, the researchers applied sunscreen once to 75% of the volunteer's body and the amount that you'd use if you were in, about the amount you'd use if you were in a swimsuit. For the next three days, they applied the amount four times a day. 
similar to the way you'd reapply sunscreen if you were at the beach for the day. When they took blood samples to check levels of the ingredients over a 21-day period, all six of the ingredients were absorbed at levels well above the FDA's threshold after just one application and subsequently increased when the sunscreen was used several times a day. The levels remained high even after the use of sunscreen was stopped, right? So when you're like, hi, oh, but when I use the mineral ones, it doesn't rub in well. And you're like, well, because it's not penetrating the skin as well. It's it's topically done. So when when they're looking at these, the design is to stop UV light from being absorbed into the skin. The heat is released, but the UV rays don't penetrate into your skin. That's how chemical sunscreens work. And so when you're talking about those dangers of chemical sunscreens that go in, you're like, anything that you put on your body goes in your body. And you say, well, who cares? Who cares about all of the chemicals? Um, When you're looking at, for example, oxybenzone, it's one of the most common that I see in standard sunscreens. They know that it interferes with functioning of the hormones in the bodies. Like it literally, especially the AAP, so the American Academy for Pediatrics, says it's concerned about all chemicals, uh, ingredients, and personal care products, including sunscreen, and advises that parents do not use sunscreen that contain oxybenzone in children. It's a big deal, right? There are such hormone-altering reactions that happen. Four studies that were published in 2020 after the FDA released this um, study supports the previous findings that oxybenzone can act not only as an endocrine disruptor, a hormone disruptor. And so you think about like with women who are like, my hormones are off, my thyroid is off, my cycle is off, like my hormones are so imbalanced. Like, do you ever think it could be what you're putting on your body? But then too, it may increase the risk of breast cancer and endometriosis, four different studies. Um, additionally, the National Toxicology Program found equivocal evidence of carcinogenesis, right, causes cancer in rats after observing increase in thyroid tumors and uterine hyperplasia in females with high exposure to oxybenzone. Um, it's just, um, I mean, I can go on and on and on in terms of like what it does for home hormone disrupting in terms of uh, absorption from uh, carcin, carcinogenic. They looked at the octocrylene, readily absorbs through the skin at levels about 14 times the FDA cut off. <laughs> um, they said there has been, uh, again, a known carcinogen that comes off. And it increases when it's stored. It stores in your fat. So again, endocrine disrupting and concentrations. So when you look on and on, we're like, hey, a couple things. One, not only are we going to make it so our body cannot absorb these wonderful UVA, UVB rays that allows us to do things like turn cholesterol into vitamin D to help uh, stimulate different hormones in our body. We're also putting on a massive a massive amount of chemicals. And so when you're looking, what's, what's the solution, right? Because um, what, what do we do when we're out at the beach in Florida and we live in Indiana and we're like, gosh, I don't want my kid to burn 
like a crispy piece of cheese on a hot plate. And you're like, that's fair. So the first thing that we do is that uh, we bring umbrellas, sun umbrellas, and we bring clothes. So there is one like, can you put on a shirt to lessen the amount of um, sun exposure, right? Like, is there times that we can get out of the sun? Or if we can cover up our skin, so then that way it is not as exposed to the sun. That is one, that's our first go-to. Now, if that is also not one, then what I would highly recommend is if you go to EWG, it's the environmentalworkinggroup.org, EWG.org, and they have a guide to sunscreen. What I think is best out there is when it's, there's um, different sunscreens, because I'm like, I could go in and research all of the different types and all of different kinds, or they've literally had very smart people do research with this. It's a, there's aspects where you can look at the best recreational sunscreen, the best baby or kid sunscreen, best daily use SPF. You can read more in detail about the sunscreen ingredients and the problems with SPF. But here's honestly what I do. I'm like, okay, so there are a couple different um, ones that I'll look at. All good. All good is one that I'll go to. Um, and not all, not all of the products are necessarily fall under this category so I'm like okay so hey I've got I'm I'm most concerned about my kiddos right sensitive little kids with all of their um, sensitive sun that we can look at like what different types are on here that are in line with what I would be comfortable with putting on my skin so is it like all good there's certain badger there's certain California baby there's certain um Project sunscreen, kiss my face. There's certain, right? Like there are all these different types and I'm just going to get those. <laughs> like, Let's be honest. There are ones where you're like, I could probably do all of this research on my own or I can just, and they, they rate them. One is the least toxic up to five. And so if you have your sunscreen, you can actually type in, hey, here's the sunscreen that I have and it'll allow you to see what the toxicity load is of it. And right, so I'm not going to choose one that's at a seven. I'm going to look at one that's like a one or a two. Oftentimes fragrance, right? Because you're like, it smells like the beach. And you're like, yeah, that's a chemical. (laughs) So it's just one that, you know, if you're outside going for a walk midday or, you know, start with that more moderate skin exposure and then put the shirt on. So you can always go if you're going for a walk at lunch. You know, walk half the time without your shirt, put your shirt on for the other half. Start with that little bit and you can work that way up so you don't burn. But you're still allowing for your body to absorb those really, really great um, sunlight. Get back down to the basics. Don't fear the sun, embrace the sun and be responsible with the sun. So hopefully you learn something. Navigate through why we need to embrace the good, cut out the bad. Look forward to next week, but always remember that your power is on.